Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of The Modern Jeeper Show. My tastes have changed over the years to where a good hard trail that's fun and everybody gets through the day without breaking out welders is usually a pretty good day. The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers, and welcome to episode number 62 of The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Well, MJ listeners, we've all made it through another week, and that deserves a congratulations to every single one of us. This week, Matson, Rockstar Jeep Girl Jesse, and myself get the owner and extreme wheeler Mike Starkabom, the owner of 4x4 Land in Topeka, Kansas, to share with us a little about his business, where his favorite trails are, and what he's looking forward to the most this year. We chat about why you should visit Kansas Rocks Off-Road Park, as well as what events are taking place there this year. For our tech tip of the week, we talk about what questions to ask when it comes time to upgrade. And here's a hint. Spend the money once and do it right the first time. As always, Modern Jeeper is extremely grateful to our supporters, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, KMS Adventure Racks, and of course, Metal Cloak. So sit back, relax with a cold one, and enjoy episode number 62 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers, it's time for another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show with me, Matson from Metal Cloak, and Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, Matson. And rock star Jeep girl, Jesse. Hi, Matson. Hi, guys. So what is going on in your world right now? And day, like, what is this, day 650 of the quarantine? Yeah, well, day 650 of, like, April? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you it know, it's like. been, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm getting a little bit, I don't know, anxiety kicked in a little bit in the last few days, just a little bit of, uh, just tired of so many things. I mean, I... I posted a, a post on Facebook this afternoon, and it was literally up for 10 minutes, and I just decided I was going to delete it because everybody right now seems to be a little bit on edge. And mm. I, I don't I, – I don't I, – I don't know. I, I get it. We're all frustrated, but I'm, I'm overhearing from the media. I'm overhearing about statistics and data because there's so much bad information out there. It's just been – it's been an interesting week. Well, yeah, I I, I kind of get that same feeling. Like I was, I actually got upset this last weekend in the store for the first time. Like just realized there was, you know, we talk about don't be stupid all the time on this podcast, and 
I just felt like, okay, guys, you're just being stupid. Move along. It's okay. Just go. And I started feeling that. And then the manager, the store manager at our local Rayleigh's, she was expressing expressing how frustrated and tired she was of this. And so now you're starting to see that. And you're starting to see in Michigan, you're starting to see the dominoes start to fall. And I think Absolutely. everybody's got to reach their limit. If things don't open up at the end of this month, it's going to be a little hellacious out there. Yeah, I mean, I um, our governor was just on and, and of course, he's... Yeah, it's a lot like California. It's a lot like New York in that these governors are that, you know, at the end of the day, they're responsible for these states. I understand that. Yet the numbers that we see and that we hear from the media are so out of whack with what's really going on. And we just heard locally here that they laid off some people from the hospital and they've basically dissipated the, the COVID um, response crew because there's just nothing going on. And that's the same thing on the Western slope of Colorado. There's no real good data. Nobody's sick. We need to get back to work. Right. Right. Well, that's, and let's hope that that actually starts happening. Cause you know, I told you about the courts out here and the courts in the family courts, which we're desperately waiting to be able to adopt our little girl, Vivi. Um, the family courts were supposed to open up on the 16th. They got delayed and a message came out from them that they're not going to open up now until May 15th. So they put another month delay in, which tells me that somebody there was communicating with somebody in our county and is our county then because the current shelter at home that we're operating under uh, is Sacramento County. And that's supposed to end at the end of April. So the question is, are they going to expand that out? Is it now going to be into the next, um, you know, this next month? And so all of a sudden, is are we going to go into all of May? Like, oh, it's just going to be safe. We we can do this. You guys can make it through. You can do it. You can do it. And it's just it's just going to get go on and on and on. Right, and I think that's that anxiety. That's there. And 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 same thing here. You know, Monday they have said here in Montrose, Colorado, that. Uh, salons, hair salons um, can go back to business, tattoo parlors, and they're going to reopen our car wash, which was <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> um, that they closed the car wash because in the neighboring counties in Grand Junction and Delta, which are uh, Grand Junction, of course, a much larger community, the car wash is d- never closed. Dude, but here I, in I, Montrose, they yeah. just it felt it necessary to close the car wash. So we're going to open up. They're going to let businesses, non-essential retail businesses are going to be able to be open, but they can't have any customers come in the store so they can deliver products curbside. Mm. How do you do that with a tattoo? You better be really, yeah. And you better be really good at knowing what you want from that store, apparently. Right. That's, that's the biggest problem is like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go have them choose my head of lettuce. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to have well, I think, my produce. I don't think so. Like I, like I say, I think the frustration is starting to get a little bit to us and I try to be positive and, and, and try to be very, uh, optimistic about what's coming and the Jeep world is doing very well. And it's refreshing for us to hear from people all across the United States that run small shops, big shops. Um, you know, we should all be in, in Daytona right now sitting on the beach. Right. Right. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. 
dude. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no, and I, I it's it's but, just it's it's hard not to get frustrated and and uh we try to shake it off and look forward. Um, you know, we've we've tried to put some good information out on modernjeeper.com about upcoming events, uh trips that we've done, just that whole being able to escape a little bit. Um mm. It's very important. And I think mentally, I think a lot of people just need to get out of their houses right now. Right. Well, you know, last week I started another podcast and and you had a chance to listen to it called Through the Mind, Discovering Mental Health. And it's just a totally different project for me, completely different focus, completely different point of view. But the one I'm recording tonight is isolation and depression. And that's the topic of the, of the and, it's, and it's all about what we're dealing with right now. And not only what you can do, what you should be doing, actual, some things you could like take home and just do right now to get away from that feeling of just being isolated. And because in some places they can't get out or in some places there's nothing for the person really to do. And the biggest challenge we have is, is there are people that are truly, truly, truly scared to death. Because the media made them truly, truly, truly scared to death. You know, in our journey, in our general circle, we don't trust the media anyway. In our general circle, you know, we don't trust the government. But when there are people that believe every word that comes out of the mouth of that talking head and to the point that they are truly scared to death, and it's going to take them months to be able to feel like it's okay to take the mask off or it's okay to not wear gloves or it's okay to get closer than a few feet to somebody. Right. Yeah. I think the, uh, the end um, of what made America great is being kind of cut off, um, you know, but let's, let's move along. Let's, let's bring move in, along. Um, we, we've got a great <laughs> guest today and, and I've known we this do. guy for a number of years, I've I've only had a chance to to wheel with him. Gosh, I think once mm-hmm. more recently. Um, he's got a great shop. Uh, been out there a number of times on the CGI tour. He also has a number of a, a very large part of, uh, and and he he just does. He has a great business. Um, our guest today is is Mike Starkabom from Four by Four Land in Topeka, Kansas. Well, and hey, and I didn't unmute him. <laughs> I forget that. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? Oh, I, well, you know, you kind of heard from our intro how we are. We're, well, it's great to have you because we're going to refocus here because all okay. of a sudden we found ourselves just kind of introverting and going, okay, we're getting a little more pissed off, a little more pissed off. But you know what? <laughs> right. It, it's true. The Jeep world is Awesome. There are even friends of ours, and Corey and I were talking about this earlier, that have decided they're down there in Florida, Daytona right now, driving on the beach. And I want to, I want to, next time I see them, I'm going to knock them upside of the head because they had to do it without me. <laughs> but Mike, how are you doing? What, what's all, how's this affecting you out there in Topeka? Guys, we're we're doing really well here. The the uh, the COVID nineteen uh, scare here is real for us here. People are are being smart, and, and but but we're doing really well. Our customers have decided to shop local and support us, and we we've survived this, or, or we are surviving it really really well. We're very fortunate here in the middle of the country to be able to keep working. We've kept our full staff, haven't had to cut back any or lay anybody off, and we're do, we're just doing really well. We're real fortunate. We appreciate it. 
Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, we had a, we, we, Cloakworks four by four, our build shop has been doing pretty good, but we did have a customer the other day who, who had a, uh, install schedule. Then he canceled it and he called up and said, you know, I need to cancel this. Uh, my wife reminded me, I need to start making big boy decisions. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know about you, but as a Jeep owner, there are many times in my life where I don't make big boy decisions. And I think we're very fortunate about that. <laughs> <laughs> so with your shop, Mike, um, now, when did you start the shop? How, how, how long? Tell us the history of, of 4x4 Land. Well, I uh, I went into business for myself uh, back in, uh, in 97, 1997. Uh, I was in the normal auto repair business after working for the local GM dealer for 15 years as a wrench and decided I wanted to do something for myself. So we went into business and I got into the Jeeping world in 1998, started a little website called JeepsByMike.com, did that for about three or four years. I kind of became known as the Jeep guy in the area, owning and selling over a couple hundred Jeeps in a few years there, and then decided to give up the normal auto repair business and just go into the four-wheel drive business. So we opened up 4x4 Land in 2001. We started out with my wife and I uh, and two employees and and over the years have expanded up to a 14,000 square foot facility with 15 guys running around here building Jeeps all day. So we've been very fortunate. That's awesome. Now, now back to Jeeps by Mike. Like, so what? So you were doing auto repair with your your main business, and Jeeps by Mike was just where you built them, bought them, built them, and resold them. Is that what you were doing, or? Yeah, I started uh, because I had a small car lot uh, and an auto repair facility that I owned and operated side by side. Uh, I started buying some Jeeps at the auto auctions and got into the Jeeping world and went to a little Jeep Jamboree uh, in 1998. Uh, Fell in love with it, met 175 Jeepers that day and decided this is a lot of fun. Up until that time, I'd never really been in Jeeps at all. I grew up a country boy tearing up Chevys and Fords, but uh, <laughs> we got into the Jeeping world, and it just kind of fell in my lap. I started because I was a classic Chevy guy up until then, working for Chevy dealer, building in Camaros and Corvettes and stuff. And I kind of fell into the restoration side of it. We were buying CJs and fixing them and painting them and putting lift kits and tires and wheels on it. And believe it or not, back in those days, I was actually paying full retail for lift kits and tires and wheels from four-wheel parts until – <laughs> One of their sales staff out there grabbed me and said, hey, you're buying a lot of this stuff. Are you a dealer? And I said, well, I am. And so they set me up with a wholesale account, and uh, the rest is history. That side of the business took off. My technicians were like, geez, we're working on Jeeps all the time these days, and now here we are, and that's really you know, about all we do. We don't do very much normal auto repair business work anymore. We moved to a new location and tripled in size. And uh, yeah, it's just been a whirlwind for 20 years. And it's just been a blast and meeting the people and, and, and the, the organizations. And we've gotten involved with eight different four-wheel drive clubs in the area that we sponsor. And, and I'm a board, uh, board member on the Kansas Rocks Parks Board of Directors for our off-road park here in Kansas. And so I go to six or seven club meetings a month. Uh, not now because they're not open. You know they're not having them. But uh, <laughs> right. 
But, uh, you know, we've developed a rapport. We've got, you know, we got Jeeps in the shop from five, six different states at a time that people bring to us. And I commute back and forth to Colorado a lot because we have a home out there. And so I've, I've got a lot of customers in Colorado, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring one back, and we'll fix it and haul it back to Denver. We do. We're not just a bolt-on shop these days. We do quite a bit of stretching and four-link jobs and custom, you know, fabrication work and building roll cages, and we've expanded over the years, and it's just been a whirlwind. It's just been a great time, and I've been real fortunate to make a living doing what I love, and and, and it's a passion, and you know, and, and, you know, I work, you know, as most shop owners, we put in 70, 80, 90 hours a week on average, but if it's something you love and you can do it, uh, it doesn't seem bad, it bad at all, so it's been a, it's been a blessing. Well, that's well, Mike, very true. You, you actually met uh, your wife Beth at a Jeep Jamboree, didn't you? I did. The very first Jeep Jamboree that I went to, uh, called the Briggs Jeep Jamboree in Manhattan, Kansas, uh, put on by uh, the Briggs Jeep dealership there. They had been having their Jeep Jamboree for about 15 years when I got involved. And I was on my way to the Jeep Jamboree, and I had a couple of Jeeps behind me on my big trailer. And I had, at that time, we had already started our first Jeep club here in town. And there was a caravan of us going down the highway to go. And I was up front and um, had about eight or ten of my friends behind me. And this uh, beautiful blonde chick with a red Jeep with a black Labrador in the front seat passed us all like we were sitting still. And I found her, and I met her, and and, uh, she's my wife now, and we opened opened up four by four land together and uh the rest is kind of history that's awesome that's awesome when i met her when i met beth she uh she had had bought a a 95 uh yj brand new off the lot and she had taken it to other four-wheel drive shops out of state because there really wasn't one around here at that time and she'd have to go down to tulsa to sam's off-road back then Mm. and she'd have to get her arb lockers worked on and I met her. Uh, here she is in a four-cylinder YJ uh, on 33s, uh, and that Jeep in five years had 128,000 miles on it just driving to Jeep Jamborees. She was big into Jeep. <laughs> wow. wow. So in, in reality, it was really her idea when we got together. She's the one that came up with you. You need to be in the four-wheel drive business. You're really good at this, and I've taken my Jeep into shops all over the country, and she said, you, you really need to do this for a living and so together we sat down and decided to go into the four-wheel drive business and we here we are 20 years later still doing it that's incredible i don't know know if you remember but the first time i came out to the shop with cti trailer you had i think you just you just expanded the space um and you kind of gave me a tour we went to a building an adjoining building that you, you had and um for the folks that don't know um, where where four by four land is at, it's it's in a kind of a it just looks like a retail shopping space kind of, but he's got big bay doors and stuff, you know, like a regular shop on the backside. But I'll never forget, Mike. And I don't know if how much of an impression you you thought it was making on me, but you had racks, floor to ceiling of axles with they were all tagged. They had. The, the models, the gear ratios that were in them, what they came out of, that kind of thing. And and you had told me that you had worked with a guy who had a salvage yard. So people would contact you from all over the place knowing that you had a pretty good organized bunch of 
axles and parts available for people to buy. That's true. Here, here at the shop, at four by four land, we uh, we love our jeepers, but we realize that there's a whole lot more uh, to the off-road industry and the truck industry than than just jeep. So we are in a fortunate position, and I have connections in the in the town that I live in, where uh, four-wheel drive vehicles pretty much fall in my lap. Whenever somebody's hauling one to the scrapyard, or whenever somebody's dragging an old truck out of a field, the the owners of the scrapping yards call and say, "Mike." I got this truck that rolled in here. Would you like to buy it for parts? And so we part out oh, anywhere from 10 to 30 trucks a month. And I inventory the axles and the transmissions and the transfer cases. And of course, here we do a lot of conversions. We do a lot of uh, we do a lot of LS engine swaps in Jeeps these days. We do a lot of one-ton conversions, you know, and, and, and switch out with LSs and, and V8s of all makes and models. And and, and so it's expanded. Um, you know, we're, we're we're not just a bolt-on box at shop, um, and in order to do that, you have to have a pretty v- wide variety of parts available for people. So we carry, uh, we carry, a, we've got probably 250 to 300 axles on the racks at all times, and maybe 40 to 50 transmissions and a dozen or so LS motors sitting on crates that we've pulled out. And so, yeah, we, we sell a lot of used parts and stuff as well out of here. Um, it, we have a big warehouses full of that kind of stuff, but it's not, that's, you know, that's not a huge part of the business, but it certainly brings work to our door because we're one of the only shops in the region that actually can do that kind of work. So I'm fortunate enough to have five technicians working for me that are all above the age of 40 and they've been doing this for over 20 years. <laughs> um, that says so much. <laughs> I, got a, I got a bunch of old guys that have been doing this for a long time. Some of them have been working for me for over 20 years. Wow. And I'm real real fortunate enough to have a great staff with a sales manager and a service manager and a bunch of good technicians around here. And, and we just, we really got a good thing going. And I'm, I'm really fortunate and really blessed to have the team that I have that affords me at my age to be able to go and play. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to wheel all over the country. Uh, this this summer alone, if, if this virus thing clears up, I'll be all the way from Pennsylvania, all the way to Arizona and Colorado, New Mexico, Texas. You know, I, I travel a lot, and I'm real fortunate to be able to go rub elbows with the people out there in this sport that I love. So when you're doing those trips. Now I, I, I know where to bring Rockstar when I want my LS then. Well, we can certainly help you out with that, Jeff. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So you, these trips you're looking at through the summer, are you doing that with one of the organized runs or you just have a bunch of little vacations planned? Well, as you know, as a shop owner, you get pulled in a lot of different directions. you got a lot of clubs and organizations that pull at you and want you to come to their event and come help them. And, and it's it's a great time to meet good people and a lot of new new people into the sport. There's nothing that lights my eyes up more than than going to a one-on-one class at Kansas Rocks and working with beginner off-roaders and on their first day out on the trail to to teach them four hours worth of class time and then take them out on the trails and and they they look at you because you're you're running around in a monster crawler on 43s and they got their stock four door JLs out there first day out and they're like I gotta follow that guy around but I'm <laughs> I'm the I just love to get out of my Jeep and just help them drive up over obstacles and see the look in their face when they when they do something for the first time they had absolutely no idea that they could ever do or their vehicle and that's a that's a it's a starting point for people and I enjoy that but for wheeling this summer, we'll 
I'm a, I'm involved with the National Scrambler Owners Association group pretty heavily, and we have a national event that we're doing, and this year it's in Pennsylvania, and then the rest of it is just you know, enjoying the parks in the off-road area here in the Midwest. Uh, this summer, we'll go to Sand Hollow later for Trail Hero. And, uh, you know, we'll if the, if all this stuff opens up, we're fortunate enough. I, I have a saying. Um, I've said it many times. People ask you, where are you from? And I tell them I'm from Kansas. And they kind of look at me, and I'm going, well, I'm really kind of halfway to everywhere. <laughs> That's exactly right. Nice. So, so uh, nice you know, if I want to go to the West Coast, I'm halfway there. If I want to go to the East Coast, I'm halfway there. So, uh, and I'm, you know, just blessed to, to be able to make a living in this industry. I thank my stars every day. I just love the people, and uh, we, lo- we love what we do. Well, you know, you know that- people don't understand a, a place like Kansas Rocks, uh, and, and it happens to me as well. You know, you tell people – well, where would you go wheel out there? And they think that there's just nothing out there. And Kansas Rocks is a very special place, and and uh, it was cool. Uh, you invited me out there a couple years ago. I think that was for Creepy Crawl. And uh, great people. The clubs out there are fantastic. Everybody's super friendly. And you're exactly right. From the guy who's running – you know, big stuff and 42s and to the guy who's got a stock Jeep and wants to go wheel with his family. Um, and, it, it, you know, you, you it was fun hanging out with you for a day and, and, and running around with you out there and, and watching people just you have a lot of respect out there. And so it was just it was nice. Yeah, well, you know, the invention of the four-door Jeep back in 2007 really opened the opened the marketplace up for a lot of families to be involved in outdoors and off-roading and now we're getting everybody's getting into the the overlanding side of this sport and it's a great thing to get your family out in the woods and you know, before it was a bunch of uh pretty rough rednecks out tearing stuff up in two-door old Jeeps and stuff bouncing around and nowadays you can cruise the trails with your air conditioner on with your iPod plugged in and, uh, you know, it's changed. Uh, the evolution of off-roading has changed, and the people that have gotten involved, are, they they get to enjoy the outdoors in a different light uh, these days, and it's a different customer base because of that. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Speaking of Kansas Rocks, uh, you know, I've been involved with it since the day it opened. Uh, I became a board member about 10 years ago, and it's a park that's grown up to about 500, well, about 400 and some acres now and we've expanded it in the trail systems and it's a it's a volunteer uh, park that's a non-profit organization and and it's a non-alcohol family-friendly park and the people that are on the board there's 23 to 25 board members at any time uh, all voluntarily everybody volunteers their time and their service and we've turned the park into over the years uh, you know we've turned it into a really good family atmosphere down there and uh, expansion every year and I've been real blessed and proud to be a, a part of the, the 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 building of the park and bringing it to what it is today uh and and we don't have much here in Kansas but what we do have we sure are proud of there you go well that that's says it all some people have abundance and forget what they actually have that's great so now when you went back, I like, you know, we jump around here. This is what we love to do just because little questions pop into my mind and I want to know. So, and I'm hoping that our listeners want to know. So going back to when you met your wife, that first jamboree that you went to, what Jeep were you driving? Well, at that time, uh, 
let me think. Uh, that particular day, I uh, I was taking two Jeeps. I had an off-road Jeep and I had a street Jeep. Uh, that was actually the second uh, Jeep Jamboree that I had been to. This all started one year before that. I had a little uh, CJ5 that I had built on Leaf Springs on 37s with a V8 in it. And I just thought I was bad to the bone. And uh, <laughs> That was bad back then. That was yeah, and, and I went to that and uh, I got there and I, I had no idea at that time that the amount of Jeepers that were out there that really knew a lot more than I did and had been off-roading for a long time. And they had a little contest there uh, every year. And the first year I went, I went out and I realized that carburation and side pipes down the side of my CJ5 really wasn't very cool. Um, <laughs> Uh, loud exhaust and and carburetors didn't didn't cut the mustard and I swore the next year when I came back that I would win the best looking Jeep award and I went home and promptly uh, tore apart a CJ7 and 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 built it from the ground up and put it on 38s with a 383 stroker motor and painted it sun-kissed orange with rate or with uh, weld racing wheels on it and 38s and I did the interior all in yellow and orange leather and sure enough next year when I went back I won best looking Jeep award and that's the same year I met my wife so well I you know winning that award probably helped out too she probably thought you were pretty cool then. <laughs> right yeah and then after that I think it was about a couple of months after that that I I, I I was climbing a hill. I uh, had my four-year-old daughter in the Jeep with me all strapped in, and uh, we took that CJ5, back rolled it three and a half rolls over backwards down the hill and completely destroyed it. Uh, yeah, I destroyed that Jeep, and I came home. And, of course, by that time on my lot, I had maybe 12 to 15 Jeeps sitting on my lot for sale and, and various parts and pieces. And I went out on the lot, and at that time I had a um, – I had a scrambler sitting out there that had 104 inches of wheelbase instead of 84 inches of wheelbase, and I picked it out and I said, "You're the next victim." And uh, to the, to <laughs> I, if you guys ever see me out on the trails today, I drive a monster orange bobtailed scrambler. That is the yep. same scrambler that I built 20 years ago. Wow. I'm still wheeling yep, it. It's on, four, it's on 43 stickies, and it doesn't look anything like a scrambler anymore. But uh, <laughs> but I'm still wheeling the same Jeep I've had for 20 years, and the old boy gets around pretty good still. That's awesome. I think that awesome. I think the picture I took from the first time I was at your shop was with your Jeep up on the CTI trailer right in front of the, the shop. Yeah, I, I had a really good score that day. It, it, it's a flexi yes, old did. guy. It gets around pretty yep. good out there in the woods. I, I, I've i been upside down in it over 20 times. It just keeps coming back for more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. You know, from the modern Jeeper standpoint, obviously a lot of our fans are just from all over the Jeep spectrum. And that's the whole beauty of the modern Jeeper world is that we don't care what you drive. We don't care what you're how you drive it or what you're doing with it. It's just that you're getting out there and you are doing it. So a guy like you with a scrambler like that, you know, we, we debate at metal click all the time about our CJ product line. Cause obviously it's not a big mover. Cause there's just, it's not going to move as much as JK products or even TJ products. But I know for a fact that every time a guy with a scrambler buys our fenders, it's going to look beautiful. You know, yeah. And I know for a fact, the guys that build it for CJs, they're making it look special. So it's worth having that, having that, those parts available for you guys, just so we could see these amazing builds. Sure. 
So what, now with, with the CTI, I'm going back to the CTI score. What did you score? Corey, do you remember the number? Was it over a thousand? Uh, oh yeah. He was 1200 ish or something oh, wow. like that. As I recall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a, it was 1185. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's awesome. So what are your, what, what, are your plans now like what's going on at your shop right now is it mainly are you doing any full custom stuff are you uh are you just doing some maintenance thing what's what's the biggest thing happening at your shop right now well going on uh, we got half the shop that we use over here that's set up for custom work what we call custom work um couple spots over here with a couple of lifts and we're doing a i'm doing a full four link front and rear with king coilover shocks on 43 stickies on a cj7 for a customer out of colorado um that's an atlas transfer case and an ls motor and four linked in the rear stretched out we're taking this one out to about 112 inches uh one ton axles and and the whole build uh, and then next all over next to that we've got a gorgeous little blue stock 86 cj7 it's it's a light colored blue with a white top on it it's absolutely stunningly beautiful but it's a four-cylinder automatic customer wants a little more than that but it doesn't want a v8 so we're doing a we're doing a 4.6 stroker and a, and an ax15 in that one and hooking up the oh, air nice. conditioning and everything on it and gonna you know make a nice daily driver he's gonna leave it on stock 30 inch tall tires with the chrome wheels but he just wants more power um so we're fixing him up on that deal and um uh then you know looking across the shop out of my office here we've got a oh we've got a 2019 chevy three-quarter ton doing a six-inch kit and we've got uh, we got I got an I got three LJs here that we're doing uh suspension systems on, a couple of long arm kits and uh we we're just we're just busy. We're just really busy. That's awesome. Well, yeah, that's mean, good to, that's good to know. That's good for everybody else to know. It's like, hey, get you you know, the the Jeep community definitely supports its own and obviously there's a lot of guys that like to do work themselves in this whole world of sheltering in place. We have a lot of customers that are out there wrenching themselves. But man, doing that kind of work that you're doing is just you, you know, it's it's incredible. And it's glad you're out there doing that. Well, thank you. Well, and Mike, so you mentioned a, a few of the events and some of your plans for once we get back to some normalcy. Uh, what about some formal events coming up, uh, like more along the lines of when do I get to see you next? <laughs> oh, wow. I, you know, I, I don't really know at this point with everything being canceled. You know, Easter Jeep was canceled and, uh, you know, the, the Scrambler Owners event right now is, is scheduled for June, but they're having conversations of pushing it back. Of course, uh, there's three or four events. There's Jeep Jamborees going on down at Brandon's Place down in S'more and in um, right. in Seymour, uh, Missouri. Uh, yeah, I, I really haven't had much of a chance to sit down and look at the calendar about places to go this year. I've been so busy. Um, I just haven't had a chance to put much together. I know the local clubs around here, they keep me busy with weekend trips pretty much. You know, they'll say, you coming down here? Are you going over there? We'd love to have you come over here. Uh-huh. And you know how it is. You got to rub elbows oh, sure. with your, you got to rub elbows with your people. That's who took you to the dance. So you got to, you got to dance with the people that brought you there. So that's what I do most of the time is really spend a lot of time with them, with my customer base and, and let them know that, 
you know that I'm there for them uh, even after the door closes at six o'clock. They, uh, I, you know, my my cell phone number is worldwide known amongst my customer base, and I think that's one of the reasons why I've been so successful. I got a great relationship with the people that support us, and I support them as much as I can. And um, you know, I'm just. I'll say it again. I'm just blessed. Well, you're well, you're, in a, you're in one of those spots that is is really, you know, I, I get to drive through there. Typically, in a normal year, I would drive down your your path there um, a handful of times, and I'm kind of I've been looking forward, looking into the next coming months, going okay. What is out there? You know, we got Bantam that's still, they're still trying for those dates, and that's going to be the beginning of June. Um, we have our modern Jeeper adventure coming up the end of May, and people are, I, I've been surprised. Um, typically, we try to hold that event to be fairly small to around 20 participants. Right now, we're full. Um, we're thinking about opening that up a little bit because I think there's going to be a lot of demand for people to want to get outside. But yeah, it's just hard. I mean, typically, I'm on the East Coast these next few months, and with the East Coast having some issues, it'll be interesting to see which events you know end up rescheduling. The problem with rescheduling is, as you know, man, I tell you what, come September, October, it's enough events. You could have an event every single day, big events. So yeah. it's going to be hard. You know, speaking of September, uh, you know, I'll throw out there, uh, I do run my own event uh, every year at Kansas Rocks Park. We have an event called the Kansas Crawl. It's open to anybody and everybody with an off-road vehicle. And um, we bring in, I got a bunch of, of, of bouncer guys that run the rock bouncers, and we bring them in here once a year and put them in a racing situation along with all of the other amateur Jeeps, and we break them up into classes. I generally have about 30 to 40 people people that want to compete in a rock racing competition and we set up some courses out through the woods and people gather and we race some races and we pay back money back to first second and third place in each class and at the end of the day we have a big barbecue by one of our our great uh, barbecue places that that sponsors the park as well Kurzweil Meats out of uh, Harrisonville Missouri Chris and Laura come down and feed everybody and it's a great day and at the end of the day uh, my staff and I have worked for four or five months uh, to to put together a twenty five or thirty thousand dollar raffle, and we we sell tickets. And at the end of the day, uh, we give a hundred percent of the proceeds back to Kansas Rocks Park. Usually between six and ten thousand dollars for the benefit of the people that enjoy the park. And that's one little thing that we at Four by Four Land do every year to help and support the local four wheeling community. And it's really a great time. So. I'll throw a little tidbit in there about our little event, but I sponsor. Mike, do you have, Mike, do you have dates for that event? That is September 26th. That's Saturday, September 26th, and then we generally have between 200 and 275 rigs in the park that day, which is pretty good for 400 acres. So, well, but interestingly gives, enough, interestingly enough, those dates are available on my calendar. Well, we'd love to have you and bring the ramp. You've been to the, you've brought the ramp to Kansas Rocks before, and it's a big fan favorite. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's we had fun out there. Yeah, we yeah, had it's good a, time. Yeah. Well, so, there you I go. Sponsor, See you always check. 
I really try to sponsor, you know, I, I really try to sponsor every single event that somebody approaches me with, uh, with a winch or a set of tires or something. It's usually 10 to 15 events a year in the local area that people put on. The local clubs will put on an event, and I'll give a winch or a set of tires and, uh, you know, try to give back to the people that support us, and it's our, just our way of saying thanks. And so, uh, you know, it's it's a lifestyle. It's It truly is a lifestyle. That's awesome. Well, and that's and that's amazing because the events. I know that we're all itching to get out there and hit the trails again. We're all itching to do the events again, and I think it's going to be pretty cool because it, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of guys with new stuff in their jeeps, a new Briggs built that want to go show them off. So I think the trails are going to be a happening place as soon as we get a chance to get out there. Yeah, I think enthusiasm is going to be high. I think people are going to be ready to hit the trails. Uh, you know, I hope hopefully during their time off and they're quarantined at their house, they've they've crawled around underneath their jeeps and done bolt checks and checked all of the all the connections and all the electrical connections and cleaned and greased and got their rigs all ready to go. So that's all ready when the when the door opens and they say go. I think it's going to be a mad dash for everybody to get out there and enjoy the summer. Right. Well, it sounds like a perfect time for uh, all your customers to just swing by and say, hey, I know you can you squeeze me in and do a once over of my rig. Yeah, we've had a lot of that. Of course, we're trying to do the best we can to keep everybody safe. So we do have a little barrier put up from the front counter about three or four feet away to kind of keep people back. And and so we, you know, not breathing on each other, do our part to try to be as safe as we can. But our customer base has been real, uh, real supportive of us. And we're busy and, and we're, we got a lot of people bringing stuff in saying, hey, I want to do this and that and this and that before wheeling season hits. And it's been extended this year. And and you know as you know and everybody in this industry knows that we live uh we live uh, on expendable income from most people you know we don't do you know normal water pumps and and alternator changes and people come to see you cuz they want to come see you not cuz they have to so they're generally not mad that they have to walk in their door to come spend a lot of money with us and we're thankful for that but uh, yeah, we got a lot of customers out there that are that are calling every day, and they're saying, you know, why I'm why I'm not being able to get out there? Let's do this to my Jeep. Let's get it ready to go. So, uh, like I said, we've been real blessed to stay busy, and we got a full calendar. Of, we're usually booked out two or three weeks on service work, and so yeah, the people are excited. I know they're wanting to get out there. Uh, I, I hope everything gets back to normal here as soon as we can, so everybody can really enjoy the summer. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, this again being the Modern Jeeper Show, let's talk a little bit more about Jeeps and your your Jeeping world. So you've obviously been out, you've been across the country. As you said, you're you're halfway to everywhere. What is your favorite trail? My favorite trail? Well, I'm an extremist. Uh, I run the extreme trail. So uh, probably my favorite trail I've ever run, um, golly, gosh, I've run some good ones. I like Captain Crunch up in South Dakota. Mm, what's that like? Uh, it's brutal. Yeah, big rocks. <laughs> it's brutal. 
Uh, it's a That's buggy trail good. only, really, and we've taken some full-body Jeeps through there. I run, uh, I, oh, I really like Death Row, and I like Boulder Canyon in, in Montrose area. Uh, both really great trails. Uh, Carnage Canyon in Colorado is really great trail. Enjoy that. Um, you know, we ran the Rubicon last summer. I really wanted to run four dice while I was up there. Uh, at my age, it's not all about extreme wheeling anymore because you realize when it takes you 11 hours to go 800 yards, that really wasn't that fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but I've been you know hooked up with a, a group of guys over the years that we do extreme trails and I can't really tell you what's my favorite favorite trail I my 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 tastes have changed over the years to where a good hard trail that's fun and everybody gets through the day without breaking out welders is usually a pretty good day. Yeah, absolutely. I, Mike, I, I, it's funny. I, I've changed so much myself and I go up and I look at certain stuff anymore and I'm like, you know what? Maybe later. Let's, let's, <laughs> just, go, let's just go down this other road. But then I'm like, but I haven't done it yet. Come on. Yeah. He's like, no. <laughs> well, thankfully I haven't caused, I haven't caused any major damage to any of the company uh, rigs in a few years. So I guess I'm getting uh, even relaxed in mine. I was the cheap Jeep abuser for most of the time and then pushing our rigs to see what our products can do, but that was getting a little expensive. So <laughs> I've been, I've been fortunate. I guess I don't, I don't have that, that title anymore. I let the guys buy their own Jeeps and go out there and abuse them now and test our products. Uh, well, you know, and that's the fun of it and uh, getting out. And I know Corey, you've, uh, you've done some amazing trails and, uh, so Mike, favorite trails out there. So that being said, what is your, what are you looking forward to most this year? Well, I'm I'm really excited. I mean, I'm really excited just to get things open and for everybody else to get out there. Uh, you know, as you know, when you've been in the industry a long time, uh, it's a little different uh, for us in the you know guys that own the shops and we go wheeling all the time. Uh, we probably don't have the enthusiasm af- uh, as the, what the uh, you know customers do and, and and jeepers in general. I just really am excited for everybody else to get out there. Uh, I, I just want to see the trails get out there and people get out of their house and go and enjoy the summer it's not so much about about me but uh I, you know i i just want to see people get out and enjoy uh enjoy the outdoors with their jeeps and have a normal life again and and so that's the part that's most exciting for me is just for everybody else to get out there and that's if you ever wheel with me you'll find me out on the trail that i i kind of enjoy uh i kind of enjoy spotting and helping other people really more than i enjoy wheeling myself anymore it gives me great joy great pleasure to help others and to watch other people you know gain an experience and and do things that they didn't know that they could do and to help them get there i go to bed at night thinking wow that, that guy really had a good time today i'm glad i could be there for him so that that's really important to me is for everybody else to get out there and have a good time and i hope i can be there to help you well that's awesome. that's awesome mike that is absolutely awesome definitely the modern jeeper way oh, well definitely. you know i was thinking about it cory and um trying thinking about you know, we were talking a little bit about before what we do about the tech tip. And I was thinking about, you know, what if what if our tech tip really is like how to prepare for when this thing opens back up? Right. Well, I mean, and I was I, I was I actually had some thoughts since okay. we've got Mike on here. Yeah. Um, you know, he does a lot of a lot of big engine swaps and a lot of very customized kind of that extreme side. Mm. Um, and I like what you were thinking about. You know, the this whole, what does that look like coming out of isolation? But he gets a customer that comes in and says, 
hey, man, I want to do some more extreme stuff, but I want to start at the engine. I'm kind of curious as to what his thoughts are, what he tells somebody. What does that conversation look like when somebody says, I think I want to put in a, I I want more power. I want a bigger engine. And is that an LS or is that a Hemi? Is is that a different tranny? Like, where do you begin that conversation? That's great. That's a great question. Well, uh, you know, I, I... I, I, I've been told that I have the gift of gab by my wife, um, <laughs> so I'm not afraid to sit down with a customer and talk about what their goals are. And, my, and the first thing I advise them of when they start out is to is to slow the roll a little bit and let's figure out where you're really going to fit into this off-roading world and what your ultimate goal is because there's, there's no reason to spend money multiple times to get to where you're going. Spend it once, spend it wisely, get where you want to be. And to do that, I advise them to slow down a little bit, get involved with an organization, go out to some meet and greets and go out to the parks and the trails and go wheeling. They'll find Jeepers are extremely helpful and figure out at what level you really want to be involved in in this sport. Do you want to take it all the way to extreme wheeling? Do you Are you comfortable with a set of 33s and a rear posse and just go out and run around and do some overlanding? Or, or do you want to have a Jeep on 37s that you can run some you know, pretty tough stuff without doing a bunch of body damage? I think the key is to figure out before you start opening your billfold, what you really want in the end and spend your money wisely instead of building it once and then building it twice and then building it a third time. It would be great sure. for me as a business person for you to build it three times. But sure. in the long run, I'll, I want to earn your business by being honest and upfront with you and tell you to slow down and say, okay, where do I really want to be when I'm done spending all this money? Because this is an expensive hobby to have. And I, I, I see people all the time. Uh, I see people all the time dumping just goodles and goodles of money into their rigs yep. only to realize, hey, I really, you know, now I want to go a, a different direction. And, you know, as you know, that money is probably 50% wasted at that point because you can't ever get your money back. Um, right. So, you know, I try to guide people into into a direction that I think they'll be happy with me a year or two down the road that I made them uh, stop and think about making smart choices choices and buying correct parts and and building their Jeep the direction that they want to go. It may take a little while longer, uh, but generally speaking, at the end, they're usually pretty appreciative of the fact that I'm glad you didn't let me waste my money on that cheaper lift kit and made me buy the best lift kit money can buy, which is Metal Cloak and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, just make them thinking about spending money wisely and not doing it multiple times is that's just wasting money for them and uh you know take the time to talk to them sit down write out a game plan of what they're what they want to accomplish when they're done and of course those that's a fluid situation it can change at any time um but i always look at a potential customer or when i'm out in the woods standing next to somebody and the guy says hey mike how are you i might not know that person but it's a goal of mine to treat them as if they're my best friend because you never know who and what that gentleman next to you is wanting to do in his life. And, and if I can be a part of helping him get there, then I, all the more power. I'm, I'm there. Uh, I completely agree with that. I, I can't tell you how many times we've run across people all across the country and they, you know, they want me to look at their Jeep and they'll say, you know, what can I do next? And I say, well, you know, what are you having an issue with? What's, what's the problem? Well, nothing. I, I love everything about it. 
Okay, then what do you, why do you want to change it? Well, because I want to, you know, I want to keep, I got to upgrade it. It's my, it's my hobby. Oh, okay. I understand that, but, but why? And a lot of times they don't have a good answer. They don't really know. And I, I tell, I don't know how many people I tell seat time is everything. And they look at me like I'm insane. And I'm like, well, you know, ha- have you done a lot of wheeling? Well, no, this doesn't even go off road. Well, then, what you know, what is your goal? If you just want to show Jeep, I completely understand that. But I think a lot of people, I don't know, I think we were fortunate to be in an environment the last number of years where people had a lot of money to spend and they were willing to make certain upgrades that they really didn't know anything about. And, and I, I get a lot of people saying, you know, I want to put a V8 in this thing. I want, a, I want a Hemi. I want an LS. And I go, really? So are you racing? Well, no. Well, why do you want a big engine? Because well, it's cool. Oh, okay. Well, that's a different conversation. Right. Well, you know, when we put our LS into Cloak 3, which was my favorite rig to drive, and at the time when we bought it, it's a 2009, and it was a stick shift, and I could go out there and play for days with that and take people out and, and run around the racetrack with it. And they always asked, did you done something else to the engine? And we hadn't, it just, I knew how to drive a stick to ultimate, you know, to maximize its power. And we had a great suspension system that made it feel like it was just doing fantastic out there on the racetrack. But when we threw the LS and we did it because, Hey, it'd be a cool thing to do, right? Let's go and build this thing up. I love the rig. It's still fun, but it, to me, it's not as much fun as it was back when we had it originally, because there's just things you can or can't do with it. You know, it's got the automatic in there. It has the power, but that shift brings, it's just like when somebody goes from, from coils and shocks to coilovers, there's a shift there that just changes the dynamics completely of the rig. And it's totally cool when you want to go and do that, but you have to understand, as Mike said, what is your reason for doing that? What is your real goal? Our goal was simply to have a bigger, badder show Jeep that we're going to go out and play with because, you know, we do beat up our stuff, but it, it, but still, it, it did, did it really achieve its ultimate goal and was it worth the uh, the spend well for us the spend was hardly nothing because it was our own shop that did it but but you have to decide your goal what you want to do and and i it's awesome mike that you take the time with your customers to make sure that they're going down a path that really meets ultimately what their happiness is going to be at the end well and i think you know, I think uh, a lot of that comes from just being in it for so long, you know, for 25 years being in the business, in the off-road and the jeeping business, and and seeing people, uh, seeing people that have gotten into the, you know, into the fold and going out and then finding out three or four years later that they this really isn't their thing and they've dropped a ton of money and not to get 50, for 50 cents on the dollar back on their expenditures over the years. And so you, you just learn, uh, you know, you learn to, uh, you know, talk to people and say, you know, let's do this on a timely fashion, and and and, uh, and you know, don't throw, you know, don't throw your life savings into it until you really know that this is what you want to do. Uh, there's nothing worse than than um, nothing worse than guiding people down the wrong road and then having them have a having a sore spot, uh, uh, you know, for for you know, not guiding them in a direction that that was proper for them. And, uh, you know, you just get to know people and, and if you treat them, you know, if you treat people with respect and, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
and try to guide them in the right direction that you think it will best serve them and just talk to them a little while. You can, you, you'll earn their respect by, by just being down to earth with them and, and being realistic with them instead of just being a salesman and getting as much money out of their wallet as you can. If you treat people right, that business will come to you in the long run. Amen to that. Amen. Very to that. well said. Well, it sounds like a great note to end on my friend. And, uh, you know, Anything, Corey, you want to add before we wrap up this amazing episode? No, I think, uh, you know, I'm, it's nice after a podcast like this and talking with people that are, that are doing well and, and hearing there's some, there's that positive outlook. We should, we should remember that we should hold on to all that positive information and those positive thoughts as we go forward through these next couple of months, whatever those look like. Um, but I think, no, I think it's a, it's a good note to end on for sure. Well, Mike, we really appreciate you being a part of the show and uh, joining us and sharing your history and uh, your obvious passion for what you do and your passion for your customers. Well, guys, I appreciate you calling me and letting me be a part of your show today. I had a good time, and 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 as always, I I I, uh, I always like talking to you guys and seeing you out on the trails, and I appreciate you letting me be a part of a great thing you got going on. Well, well, thank you, thank you very much, and and Jesse, yeah, how are you doing, gal? You anything else you want to want to add to us? Um. Just stay positive. I, I, I'm going to run off to Oklahoma for a little bit and visit everybody before we get to this uh, Moab Modern Jeeper, which I'm totally looking forward to. I'm glad that we're booking up and everybody's getting excited to get out on the trail and we're going to have some fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for all of our Modern Jeeper fans out there, ModernJeeperAdventures.com. Keep an eye on that because as Corey said, we're discussing right now to open that up. I'm sure many of you are going to want to get out there and hit Moab if you have a chance. And uh, the registrations have just been coming in. So we will know uh, in May as soon as you guys will know as well as to whether or not Moab will be opened up. But all indications right now are is that we will be able to have an event uh, and Modern Jeeper Adventures during Moab. Memorial Weekend in Moab. Uh, but keep an eye at moderngeeperadventures.com. And of course, you can follow us at Modern Jeeper on Facebook, uh, Corey at metalcloak.com, Jesse at metalcloak.com, Matson at metalcloak.com. And uh, visit us at moderngeeper.com and see all these great articles that Corey and Jesse have been putting up about uh, the different trips we've been doing. Really good escapism going on there, um, there as opposed yeah. to all the negative news. It's a great place to go in and just remember or see and wish and and make sure that you put that next adventure on your bucket list. Perfect. Uh, all right, my friends. Well, again, thank you all for being part of this. And Modern Jeepers, we will see you on the rocks. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.